Hello and welcome back to another video on this channel. Today we're going to be continuing our Bible series and talk about how to interpret Genesis. This has been a question raised to me so much on my Discord server and in my comments below about my thoughts about Genesis and how we should go around interpreting the first chapter. Now if that's exactly what you want me to tell you what is the best way to approach or interpret Genesis, you might find this video a bit disappointing because that's not really what I want to do. Well, I mean, it is a bit of what I want to do, but mainly what I'm trying to do is not to give you one specific doctrine about how you have to approach Genesis, because I think it is a very personal thing. Uh, me, unlike some of the other Christian apologists, YouTubers, don't really, I don't find much things wrong, whether you're being a young earth creationist or you're an old earth creationist, a concordist, non-concordist. I'm not really worried about what interpretation you're taking. Rather, I just think that it's a part of your faith. It is a part of your Christian walk but it isn't the whole story. So, so that's just kind of what I try to do in this video is to give you all the different approaches, all you need to know so that you can make yourself or give a well-informed decision or make a well-informed decision about what's going on. And, and as a result in this video, I'm going to be talking about why I'm talking about this, like the approach, the kind of the contextual knowledge behind this whole interpretation of Genesis. Is it important? Is the conclusion we are important? The conclusion we get is important. Then we're going to be talking about the different interpretations, my thoughts about them, the difference between concordist and non-concordist views. And finally, is there one correct version? Of course, if you want to skip to any of these sections, make sure to check it out. I'll put a timestamp for that so you can just go and check out which section you want to. So jump to that if you want. But first, let us start off with why this this um, topic is important. And I think when we're approaching Genesis, we're really looking at this in the backdrop of the entire church history, how all our church fathers, how all these church figures have used the Bible throughout history. Because while a lot of people like critiquing the Bible by saying, well, well, you're only becoming an old earth creationist or whatever theist evolutionary just because of scientific evidence. If we look at the history of the Bible and how people have interpreted the Bible, this is far from the case from Origen to Augustine to a lot of different figures throughout history, no one has had a single single uniform doctrine about how to interpret Genesis. For example, Origen and to some extent Bernard and other people, they have all focused on the, the, the spiritual representation, the, the psychoanalytical interpretation of the Bible instead of, instead of purely what it says directly what the words purposely say and take it absolutely literally. They focus on what is the, the substructure, what is the meta, the meta propositions behind it. Whereas other people, like some of your young earth creationists, do actually view it as a completely literal understanding of what happened, a scientific view perhaps of what happened. And you can see that there's two views here which don't seem to got to do anything without with scientific discovery. And that is a backdrop that I want to give you here. Too much times are we fed this fed these lies and historical inaccuracies that, well, you're only believing in an old earth because of science, or you're only not believing in an old earth because of science, because, well, history doesn't represent that. What history represents is that people have had different views about Genesis, regardless of whether they, regardless of what the scientific age, the scientific thoughts were of the time, because Origen and Augustine, they lived ways, years millennia before any of this new scientific big bang 13 billion year old cosmology came around yet they still viewed it as um as a metaphorical truth so as a result you can see that there's a huge difference between what we're normally told and what we believe and of course that is one part of the contextual knowledge and another part of the contextual knowledge is 
is due to, or at least the critiques of these new atheist types. Now, the old atheists, well, or at least the more traditional atheists, usually never critiqued the Bible in the same way that the new atheists do. The new atheists like to focus on the literal text. They like to say, well, oh, surely this is absurd. You're saying the world was created in six days, so let's just critique it at face value. And and as a result, they have a very surface level understanding of the text and also have a very surface level understanding of the Bible. And, and since their understanding is surface level, their critiques of the Bible are surface level as well. And a good example of this would be Hermat Meta's uh, Everything Wrong with Genesis or Exodus series. He only takes the absolute most literal interpretation of the text and then finds like every possible even minor critique with it and just like makes it a big deal. And and when you look at that, well, you're, you're looking at it and you say, well, obviously you're going to find a millennia or a thousand different so-called problems with the text because your reading of the text is not even at its most profound level. You're, you're getting the most surface level reading of it and trying to find issues with it. It would be as if I was going to go through the Humanist Manifesto and pick up grammatical and punctuation errors. Like that would be the most absurd thing to do. And as a result, a lot of this critique about Genesis has been a focus on the so-called only literal understanding of the text without looking at the full picture of the Genesis narrative. And that is one part of the contextual knowledge that we have to have in mind when we are discussing these issues. So now that we have that in out of the way, now that we've discussed the contextual knowledge that we all need to know when approaching Genesis and interpretation of Genesis, we should move on to our second question. Well, is it important how we understand the works of Genesis? Is it important what interpretation we get? And I think the answer is no. Now you might say, that is her her heretical. How can you possibly say understanding part of the Bible is not really important? Now, well, of course, this is way more deep. This is way more precise than just saying, well, no, it isn't important. Because I think there are very important things about Genesis, and there's a lot of things that we can learn from interpreting these lit the Genesis 1 story and throughout the Bible. Regardless of how you want to approach it, and this is why I'm doing this series, you can approach it from so many different levels to get a full a holistic and a very profound understanding of the text without just looking at only one line of interpretation. And as a result, it doesn't matter to me whether you're looking at it in the literal way and say, well, it's not only literally true, but also has a metaphysical backing or um, some meta, meta truths or some meta propositions underneath it, which are true. It doesn't matter if you're taking the top or you're taking the bottom part as well. And you might say, well, the top is, is questionable. But, but even if it is questionable, even if I might not accept everything literally at the top, the six-day creation and things like that, well, you can still learn the depth of the Christian understanding or you can learn a lot from the stories themselves, even if you don't completely believe in the literal aspect. And of course, you could say, well, well, does that mean you're just giving up the entire authority of the Bible? And I think that would be a, too, a jump too far or a leap too far because, well, when you're looking at that, you're saying, well, you have to understand the Christian message at its whole and if from a Christian perspective, you have to ask, well, what is the most important thing? And the most important thing in Christianity is not how you interpret Genesis 1. It's not how you interpret one chapter of the Bible. It's how you believe in God and how you could grow your relationship with God and your belief in Christ. And that is ultimately the most important thing in the Bible. It's not about saying, oh, you're, you're, just because you disagree with me about the interpretation of one chapter, you're going to hell. It's about... Do you believe in God? Do you believe in Christ, that Christ is Jesus, is, is God's son, and that he died on the cross for our sins? That is at the core of the Christian message, not Genesis 1. And as a result, that is fundamentally why I'm saying that your, your understanding of Genesis 1 is not the most important thing. 
It is important in the sense that we should be working towards a reasonable and agreeable understanding and interpretation of Genesis 1, but that isn't the be-all and end-all of the Christian faith, as it is with the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then as a result, my answer to the question, is it important, is it's not as important as your things, and it is not one of those key parts of the faith, and that if you disagree with someone's interpretation, you become heretic. Because I think that is another thing which is very worrying to me. People like Ken Ham and uh, William Lane Craig, it, it really polarizes the church so much. And if you want a deeper discussion into that, you can check out my discussion with Zach, which I'll put in the card above at the end of the video, so you can go check it out. But essentially, we made the church so polarized over an insignificant part of the Bible. You're looking at Genesis 1 and you're making a big deal out of it, when in reality, that's just one out of the hundreds of books in the Bible. I mean, the hundreds of chapters in the Bible. And it's only one part out of a massive Christian narrative. And why on earth are you making such a big fuss about the first chapter when it's not, when it's not the key fundamental part of your salvation? So that's just something to keep in mind when we're going through this as well. So now that we've talked about why it is important and why I think that it's very dangerous for us to over-exaggerate the importance of this Genesis 1 narrative, we can then turn to the different interpretations of the scripture and the different interpretations of Genesis 1. And then there are the concordists and the non-concordists. I think they're the two main groups. The concordists are the people who say, well, there is something literally true about the Bible and we have to understand it from a, a view of the Bible and then find science which concord or is in concord with the view, and that's the young earth creationist, the old earth creationist, and the and and those uh, similar views. It's like, well, for the, of course, the young earth creationist is the most clearest one of these views, and it says, well, you look at the Bible. Well, what is the most literal thing? Well, it's 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 created in six days. Well, let's accept that as the not only the metaphorical but the scientific truth as well. You take that in the in the sense of physics, and you take that, and you say, well. What is the science which concords that? Let's throw out all the science which disagrees with it, or at least find errors with it. And then that's the concordist, or at least the young earth creationist view. Now, the old earth creationist says, well, let's interpret it as an age. And you take that into consideration, and this is also concord, because it's saying, well, maybe the word day is meant to be interpreted as age, and then you have these massive chunks of time. So instead of it being six, six days, it's like six ages, and you have a longer period of time of concord. And and while it's still in concord with the narrative, it isn't the perhaps the day translation. It's another view of it. So you can see that there's this clear idea about concordism. Now, what, what do I think are the merits of concordism? Well, I think concordism, the merits of it is that it takes it as the most face value reason. And it's like, well, that's the most simple, the most obvious way to look at it. If you give it to a baby, the baby's going to say, well, the concord one looks right. And then just accept it. And it makes things way simpler. It's way easier for a Christian to believe in that because they don't have to do too much analysis behind it. Of course, once they accept it, they can then turn to the metaphysical kind of nature behind it. But first of all, at least they understand some some sense of, they understand it in the most literal way possible, and that's kind of the narrative that they have. Now, of course, the dangers of this view is, well, then they turn to these, um, this, these new atheist types who just constantly critique it. I'm not critiquing new atheists and saying, well, you shouldn't critique people who disagree with you, but of course, the new atheists are the ones focusing on it on the most. But then you look at people say science and they look at science and they're looking at the six days and they're like, what on earth is going on here? And and they're like, and then people look at it and well, they look at the scientific evidence on the one hand, they look in the Bible and they're like, well, these are incompatible and they lose their faith. And and it's very disheartening to me. And this is something I was remarking when I was responding to um, The Truth Hurts. I think it was called, something called Harrison something. And I looked at that and I was like, well, he left the church because he couldn't he couldn't put together the young earth creationist, the concordist view with science and he lost his faith. And and that goes back to this, is it important thing? And I'm looking at that and I'm like, 
it, this is such a shame, such a shame that someone lost their faith because they, they had looked at one part of the Bible, one part of the Christian narrative, and it threw away the rest of the Christian narrative just because they couldn't find concord with that first part of the Christian narrative with science. And I'm like, well, you've lost the, the potential for eternal salvation just over a small interpretational dispute in Genesis, and that's really disheartening. Now, the non-concordist view, and I think that kind of summarizes the concordist, the dangers of the concordist view quite well. If we turn to the non-concordist view, there's a lot of these non-concordist views, but then, of course, they have the less, as the name suggests, they have less stress on, on, on the meaning, the, the nature of, 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 the, of these texts. They're like, well, let's not, let's not be fully, let's not take the, the meaning or the text to be the literal truth of what happened scientifically, but let us look at the text themselves and see, well, what is the thing underlying it? It's not, the, fo the focus is less on the literal kind of meaning of the words, but it's more on the substrate underneath it. And there's a few ways people look at it. There's some people look at it from the Egyptian lens. They look at it in the concept of other uh, Babylonian, other, other sort of uh, local kind of religions, other creation stories. And there's also some views which uh, look at it from like a psycho psychoanalyst kind of view, like Jordan Peterson, and I'll argue like Dostoevsky. And I know Jordan Peterson is perhaps the one I use the most here, and it's less so because of, I, I think Jordan Peterson is best, but it's probably the one that you guys heard of the most, and as a result, I use Jordan Peterson. But, but other people like Origin would also look at, or uh, Augustine would look at more of the substrate, the, the, what, is, what, is the, what is the nature, what is the metaphysical, or what is the... What is the psychological understanding, the spiritual understanding behind the literal text? And I think that understanding is also, is just as profound and it gets rid of all this kind of science, non-science, whatever you call it, disputes. And, and it gets rid of all of that because it's like, well, this is not meant to be seen as a scientific passage. If it, if it presents scientific truth, then sure, but the fundamental fact or the fundamental nature of these texts is not meant to produce any physics or meant to produce any biology. It's there to pursue or provide psychological truth. And I think that is perhaps a more reasonable one, or at least one which is more acceptable because one of because then if you hold this view, you wouldn't just randomly lose your faith because of science contradicting your interpretation of Genesis. You'd just say, well, yeah, maybe it, it goes against literal interpretation of Genesis, but then what does that matter? I have other reasons to believe in this text. These texts are not fundamentally scientific facts and scientific texts, well, let's just look at it from another perspective. I think that is completely valuable as well. I think your two views here are are the same, and I, I think they are, and I think it is way more helpful, at least to the faith. And, and when I say way more helpful, I'm not critiquing the, the young earth creationists or the concordists in any sense. I think, I think there is really value behind that, but I'm just saying that I think there are less dangers of that text because you still get the same meaning, the same understanding from the text because Ultimately, when you look at the literal translation or the metaphorical translation, the meaning you get is the same. It's like God created the universe. God is at the heart of it. And God explains or there's a fundamental nature behind all the existence, which allows us to base our meaning, our purpose and morals on. And that is fundamentally what the Genesis story is telling you alongside other psychological truths, which you can find from the literal understanding and a non-literal understanding. So you get the best of both worlds. You don't get the, the discussion or the, the contradictory nature with, with modern science or modern understanding of science or cosmology. But at the same time, you don't have these problems of, at the same time, you get kind of the same understanding and knowledge and lessons from it. So I think that is the more of the non-concordist view, although that non-concordist view has to be more of the psychoanalytic 
non-concordist. You instead of some historical, cultural understanding of ancient uh, Mesopotamian myths or something like that. So I think that understanding that difference between the non-concordist of using that in themselves is quite valuable as well. Though I think that one, of course, psychoanalytical one is definitely more valuable. And as a result, here are the different interpretations of the concordist and the non-concordist. Now let's turn to the one which is the final discussion of this video, which is, is one of these uh, understandings correct? And I would like to say that these understandings, I don't think there's necessarily one correct one, because, well, how on earth are we meant to know what exactly the writer meant to present? Is he writing this if as if to write a non-fiction, or is he writing it as to write a fiction? Because, for example, you look at Crime and Punishment, or any of Dostoevsky's masterpieces, or even Shakespeare, you look at Shakespeare as well, it's like, they might not be trying to write non-fiction, they're not trying to write a historical account, but does that mean what they're writing is not true? Far from it, there's so much truth in Crime and Punishment, in Shakespeare, it's so much truth there that it might have even more truth than your purely historical novel, or historical account, you have very two different things which present the same amount of truth and it's similarly valuable. And unless we do figure out or manage to find the the writer of these texts, it'll, it'll be very difficult to understand. It's one of those things where you have to just say, well, maybe when I'm dead and I'm in heaven, I'll ask God about it. And and that's the only way to figure out, is there one correct? And, and perhaps from my approach, you already realize that there, I don't really think there is one kind of definitive correct way to look at it. There, you, you have your benefits on both sides, as I've said, and you have perhaps some negatives on both sides as well, and and you have to just measure them up and say, well, which one is worth it? Which which one is more key to your faith? Which, which one is the one which you feel are the most, kind of the most, the one which you feel most convinced by, what you are most, you have most sympathy to? And, and, and just to give you my own opinion about it, I look at it and I'm saying, well, I honestly don't know. And, and that's definitely a position as well, is to just say that, well, you, I don't really understand or I don't really know what is the best way to look at it. But even if I don't completely understand or have a complete theology about whether it is um, a literal understanding or a non-literal understanding, that, that doesn't change the fact that you can still find psychological truth behind it. And that's and I'll say that is the position that I'm holding right now. I, I haven't read or even understood enough about these texts to say, well, it's young earth or non-young earth or whatever on earth it is. But, but at least we can start off from the position that there is deep psychological issues and truths within these texts that if we are only going to look at it from a literal perspective, you're missing out on the big picture and you're only critiquing it on a very superficial level. So that's kind of where I want to end off this video on is, and, and, and I know this might not have been, as I said in the introduction, this might not have been the most, what you've been looking for in the sense that you probably were looking for something where I'm giving you a de definite answer of what is right, what is wrong. But, but that's, as I've said, not what I'm trying to do here. What I'm trying to do here is to provide you with a variety of different ideas, a variety of different discussions, and hopefully through these different discussions, we would find some common truth together. So I hope you've enjoyed this video. If you've enjoyed this video, make sure to like and subscribe. We're five subscribers away from 300 subscribers, so it'll mean a lot to me if you like and subscribe. Furthermore, if you disagree with me on anything, I know this is a very controversial topic, let me know in the comments or on my Discord server, which you can join in the description. So, like always, stay safe, God bless, see you soon, thank you for watching, and goodbye, my friends.